This podcast is brought to you by Enrollment Resources, Innovations in Enrollment Management. Learn more at enrollmentresources.com. And, uh, and Colin with Nuts and Bolts and my partner Shane Sparks. So uh, what I'd like to do is uh, I'm going to uh, introduce uh, Richard and then uh, we'll just do some introductions and then I'm going to put everybody on the call on mute. So except for our our prognosticators. So Richard Hansberger is a senior VP and partner with Nuts and Bolts and uh, they have outstanding tools and services related to the actual improving of the product uh, within co- the cosmetology industry, and uh, they basically enhance uh, the the, um, the the quality of the student experience, and they they help to leave graduates in much better um, much better shape when they uh, they go out into the world after they've graduated. Richard, is that a fair assessment of what you guys uh, are all about, or there are some more things to add? Hey, Greg, we appreciate it. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Just trying to uh, make the student experience uh, more efficient, better, and uh, better equip that student to go out and earn money at the end of the day. Excellent. And I'll have you uh, just briefly uh, introduce Colin, please. Yeah, sure. Uh, with me is Colin Wilson. Uh, he works with all our schools directly and uh, is our national sales guy and uh, is basically liaisoning with schools all day long. Uh, Colin, say howdy. Hi, everyone. Colin's uh, Scottish, and so, you know, he likes to drink beer and follow soccer. So, um, And uh, we also have on our panel today is uh, my business partner, Shane Sparks. And uh, Shane is a uh, uh, very bright uh, inventor of, of and developer of really interesting services and uh, a great thought leader in um, proprietary education. And uh, probably smarter than me on average, I would gradually admit. So, uh, Shane, uh, say hello to the folks. Oh, hey, folks. You're, you're too kind, Greg. <laughs> so, Greg, I'm, you're not getting Greg's the illustrious CEO of Enrollment Resources, and he's the fella in charge of making sure that we're um, all rowing in the right direction and, and uh, helping folks increase conversion rates and overall success in schools. So, you do a great, great job, Greg. Thank you, Shane. I'll buy you lunch today for those kind words. So let's let's uh, start our talk, um, folks. We're going to be going through a kind of a, a cause and effect on how a typical school can um, create tremendous improvements by just focusing on improving the product. And then at the end uh, of our talk, we are going to um, open it up for anybody that might have clarifying questions. They can ask. Uh, a question of any one of the four of us on our conversation, and we will work very hard to honor our time budget for you today. So let's say we have a school with 200 students charging $18,000 for a certificate cosmetology program, and, and, and let's just say the school is interested in improving their offering uh, and they, they just want to create a mod- modest improvement. Let's just say a 5% improvement. Now, how do you measure a 5% improvement in your product offering? Maybe that's through a satisfaction survey, or uh, it, it, but it is kind of intangible. Um, and so what we're going to do is we're going to uh, just isolate four examples of how you might want to improve your, uh, uh, the product, and then we'll just briefly chat to this, 
and then uh, then we'll move on and see if in fact these positive changes in the product are even worthwhile. Is it a waste of time, or will it help in in all other departments within a school? So, the four areas that we're proposing that this school with a couple hundred students or this uh, location within a system, a couple hundred students, uh, they're going to use nuts and bolts, uh, student marketing systems, in order to have students uh, learn self-promotion, uh, so when they graduate they can make more money. And uh, we're going to create a uh, an ongoing continuing education program uh, and a job board, so once folks finish uh, education, they will be able to come every quarter to a webinar and learn additional things for uh, a number of years. And there's going to be a regular quarterly contest, uh, hair contests, uh, sitting inside the, uh, the, the school. And the fourth one is uh, the theory portion of the education will be, uh, students will be able to, to do that work online instead of having to come into the class. Now what we're going to do is we're going to overlay uh, how these four innovations could potentially help in the area of lead generation and marketing, in the area of lead conversion, student retention, uh, positioning in the marketplace, uh, career services, and referrals from the industry. So uh, let's just dive in and, and look at some of these things. So from a marketing perspective, from a lead gen perspective, if this school starts using the nuts and bolts student marketing system to learn self-promotion, Rich, how might that translate into improving lead gen, if at all? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, Greg, and it's really interesting. Um, you know, what we're noticing, especially with students in the 18 to 22-year-old demographic, uh, they, they use social media, they use their online contacts in ways that are really, really important for all of us to understand. They're connected to people 24-7, and, you know, uh, their ability to generate and, you know, basically serve as kind of an advocate for the school is pretty tremendous. Um, I was visiting a salon not long ago that it was, the owner was very pleasantly surprised that his new stylist in the 22 to 25-year-old range had almost a 40% uh, greater client lead generation than his older, more experienced stylist. And it's simply because they knew how to leverage their, their social contacts to basically advertise and publicize themselves. And so for schools, we definitely advocate take take advantage of that power, and there are ways to do it uh, such that your students can help you generate new leads for your school. Um, it really does work. That's interesting, Shane. Uh, to, um, the the students who make more money, they're uh, driving hard on social media, which creates a, a, a brand platform for the school. Yeah, it, it's it, it is fascinating. It's. Yes. So tell me, Shane, from a perspective of uh, uh, lifelong education, we've uh, often uh, spoken to clients about the uh, opportunity to use, say, webinar technology to go and um, share with graduates the um, new innovation, new product innovation, new hairstyles out of um, Paris, uh, uh, NACUS rules for contests, what have you. And on the surface, it doesn't seem to play out as a, 
as a revenue generating kind of a thing but from a marketing perspective explain how uh, reframing education from being a 10-month learning experience where they're baked and done versus creating a continuum, a kind of a partnership. How might that play out in, in terms of lead generation? Well, if you think about what the purpose of advertising, like if you go back back in the day, the point, point of advertising was to capture the, the, a tiny little piece of someone's mind so they're uh, aware of you and you're the preferred choice so when timing and opportunity meet you're the the preference they have that's the whole idea of branding and so it seems to me that little tactics like webinars or social media or contests or any of these things are just little ways that we try to get into the mind of pr- prospective customers it's just they're just different um, distribution points of of branding Right? They're just different ways that we st- stay top of mind with somebody that can eventually buy something from us. So, it's very, it's, it's very yeah. interesting. Like it, it could be like um, I would take it a step further in that if you can take your graduates and offer them a little something every three months that they can latch onto to stay fresh and current, you're at, almost kind of creating a sales force for yourself out in the market. Colin, wouldn't you, doesn't that make sense if you create, you're kind of creating ambassadors because you're creating that repetition with your graduates for months and years. Um, how might that play out? Uh, well, let's go, I, I don't want to take up too much time, but um, I mean, I've been in the industry for 20 years working with hair salons and hairdressers and where everything begins is behind the chair. So that experience you know, the communication, the confidence, the work that the students is doing in, uh, with the client then needs to kind of be put out into the public domain. So, you know, you, you, this industry is a social business, so it, it's, um, you know, word of mouth, uh, the traditional ways of handing out business cards and things like that, and people will have a great experience and want to share it and because it is a personal, private, emotional experience. So... Social media is the tool, right? That's a new tool nowadays. Um, there's many of them that everyone can use, um, visuals, pictures. But also, you know, like a long, you know, a short while ago, you would tell the neighbor over the garden fence, oh, I had a fantastic experience, my hair done, my makeup done. And they go, oh, I'll go, I'll go to that place. Nowadays, the garden fence is your, you know, your Facebooks and Facebooks and all of these social media outlets. So it's having the, your, all of your students as the advocate, um, you know, building their confidence, the business skills, communication skills, um, consultation skills, and, you know, excelling that five-star service so that then that, that experience now needs to be put out into the marketplace and that they become, yeah, exactly, uh, salespeople and advocates for you. That's interesting. So, and then I guess what, what the, I, I'm, as I'm listening to this conversation, it, it comes to me that... Um, uh, an old adage that Shane and I constantly uh, preach to our folks we work with, and that is uh, repetition uh, creates familiarity, and familiarity uh, creates trust. So, Shane, if you have a student that is a graduate that could be a potential salesperson, by being able to, to reconnect with them in a meaningful way every three months for a few years, you're constantly kind of recharging their interest in 
kind of chatting you up out in the world, uh, kind of a form of repetition advertising in a way, hey, Shane? Yeah, it's absolutely a form of, rep- of, of repetition advertising. Like, it's, it's, you know, it strikes me that all, all this stuff is about kind of maintaining friendships, really, or it's one way to think about it. And if you're able to maintain a large group of friendships, more people show up to your parties. Right, like more people care about you. You just you have more success in whatever your endeavors are, and it's just a version of that. So, if you have a few hundred graduates floating around in the world, and you can uh, have half of them amped up and chatting up your school with uh, casually and here and there uh, behind the chair at parties on social, what have you, then. You uh, you really have an opportunity to to generate a lot of referrals and uh, a lot of new business just through that positive word of mouth. And mm-hmm. so, what's it, the reason that something like a quarterly um, uh, continuing education program could be so effective is because people will only chat themselves up, um, chat you up. If you help them, in other words, consumers are selfish, and they're like children. Uh, consumers at large, they don't care about anybody except themselves. And so, if you can lead with something that's in it for them, like a cool little webinar on something that can help them, then the other thing that's that's interesting about consumer psych is they also uh, step in line with the law of reciprocity. Shane, do you do you want to just quickly flesh out how the law of, of reciprocity works? Yeah, sure, Greg. So, what, what reciprocity just means? If I give you something, then you now psychologically feel a desire to return the favor, right? And and it's a thing that you you'll want to have happen. And so it's that's why the kind of this the saying "givers get." is so true. When we give people things, we give them little gifts that they don't expect, they now feel connected to us and, and in some ways indebted to us. So that's kind of how these kinds of conference calls that we're doing kind of work in a way with the folks in the call is if we can leave them with a couple of really good ideas they can run with, they'll think of us in a more favorable way and be more inclined to pick up the phone to hire us to do their work. Yeah, that's yeah, great example. <laughs> so there's a couple more things in, this, in terms of product improvement um, as it relates to marketing, which on the surface seems like a disconnect, like allowing a student to, um, to, to run the theory portion of their education online. Um, is there, Rich, is there any real connection between that and generating leads? Yeah, I think, it's, I think we underestimate it uh, every day in this industry, but I've been working in distance learning uh, in online education for the past 20 years, and I, I've got to tell you it's revolutionized public education uh, to such a degree that almost 30% of the students in California, for example, are now educated entirely online in their K-12 through experience. That's something we can't ignore. Um, these students are not only equipped to learn online, but they are learning online. 
And while most of the callers on the call probably are in states where online uh, education is not yet possible, there are numerous states where it is. Uh, to, and NACIS is actively courting, uh, you know, crediting um, uh, independent contractors who have experience in distance learning. These students understand how to learn online, and we need to provide that because if we don't, our competition will. So it's something that is going to be very fundamental to marketing for schools. Um, students are going to start to gravitate towards schools that can provide distance learning uh, theory portions online. And one of our schools that's kind of pioneering this, for example, also realized they could potentially double their enrollment because now they don't need the physical facilities to house all those students. That's, uh, that's significant. That's interesting. Colin, do you care to uh, run with what uh, Rich just said there? That's an intriguing statement where you can um, have double the enrollment base out of the same physical plant. Yeah, I mean, this is new frontier, right? These are things that are taking place and we're quickly learning every day about, um, about the climate of distance learning and theory. But, yeah, I mean, you would have um, you taking care of a lot of theory aspect of the cosmetology program online distance learning, but then the practical would take place or has to take place back in the school. So um, I think, um, you know, the hours in the day and the week, you could accommodate, um, you know, a lot more volume of students. Right, Rich? Absolutely, yeah. So, but it's also interesting, Shane, because from a marketing perspective, if you can adopt to... Um, segments of the target market that have logistical issues. Um, you know, when we do our, our, um, our exit uh, interviews for schools with prospective students that don't sign up, uh, usually it's a good 20-25% uh, have to pass on their education due to logistical issues. So I guess really um, having uh, giving the availability of people to kind of earn while they learn or raise their kids while they learn can widen the the um, target market pool, if you will. Do you care to expand on that? Oh, sure. I think anytime you have a differentiating feature, like there's something that's unique about your business, even if it's not totally relevant to the prospect, it 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 helps make the argument that you're a, a better place to be. Right, and so you can like if you have uh, have got an online learning component, so that gives a person a little bit more flexibility, and that's just another reason to attend the school. I think that helps to widen your market. But in a way, the more important part of it, from my perspective, is at least, is finding ways to differentiate from competitors and and have your business, your school, stand out as special, and that's hugely important in marketing. Because there's the, there's that notion of there's no silver medals in marketing, right? That, that that only one person wins the business. So Shane, what you're saying is is second place in a marketing competition is the like the first loser. That's right. It's first to lose. So one school wins all the business. The other schools win nothing. And so being a little bit, all it takes is being a little bit better when somebody's trying to make a decision between you and the next person. It's just that one little thing that maybe they can't even really clearly articulate that tipped them towards you. That's interesting. So along the lines that, that also, that uh, having something like that online component can really help in terms of 
uh, converting a marketing lead into a student because, uh, of course, the best admissions people are all about qualifying people correctly so they have the right fit in their school. And I guess you get a lot of people who fall away because of just that lack of flexibility around how you can learn. So, Shane, I guess what you're really also saying is that if you're qualifying people and you can deal with those issues with a percentage of the people, in theory, your admissions people should um, yeah, have more qualified prospects that they can work with. <laughs> That's interesting. So, gentlemen, in terms of lead conversion, then um, really they, the, the whole notion of online learning is um, uh, blending it with what is traditionally a kind of a kinesthetic-oriented school, uh, being cosmetology. It, it's sort of a, a bit of an oddball notion, but some of the, the top schools are starting to do this. Absolutely, Greg. You know, it's funny that uh, I was working with a salon uh, a couple of months ago, and they said, uh, you know, a client called up and said, hey, do you offer this, this particular style, this type of haircut? And they, they, you know, the person who answered the phone said, sure we do, knowing full well they did not. Uh, when they hung up the phone, they booked the appointment, hung up the phone, they turned right around, went to YouTube, and taught themselves within three to 45 minutes exactly how to do it. I think we're dealing with a generation that responds to online learning in ways that we're only now starting to appreciate. So if you offer it, uh, they're already accustomed to it and looking for it. It's a natural fit, more natural than I think we realize. So, so Colin, if you get somebody who's partway into their education and then they, they've had a logistical uh, upset, kids, transportation, what have you, um, they've had to move suddenly, um, then something like a, a blended online uh, learning platform could help somebody stay in, in school and protect the school's uh, retention rates. Yeah, it gives, it gives them flexibility. I mean, like we said earlier, you know, technology now is is, is among us, and um, people can do more from home. And if if you can do a lot of theory, and the technology allows to do testing and all those kinds of tools, then um, this can be accomplished more and more. And I think that's you know that's the way the schools are going, the direction everything's going. I mean, the next cool. generation use apps, you know, throughout the day, click on and. And, uh, and tune with these kinds of tools, so it will help a lot. Now, in terms of um, having um, uh, teaching somebody how to be a better promoter in the industry upon graduation, that translates into more uh, rock star hairstylists. And um, and so here is a closing tool that you can you can use if you have a good percentage of people working at top salons. Uh, making really good money, uh, here's a little tip you guys can use on the call that can help you with your conversion rates. And so this is what you do. You just find out where all your um, your graduates are working, you know. Assuming you have an excellent product, they, they will be making, you know, on average, really good money. And so you find out the names of all those top salons that they're working at, and you just put them on a piece of paper. And then when somebody, a prospective student comes in, you can say something to the tune of, uh, we can't promise you that you'll be working here, but here are some of the places our graduates are working at. And they can, you know, read the list of 40 to 50 salons, and they'll recognize, of course, a number of them. And, and um, 
so that is where you, you can actually, uh, Shane, take the whole notion that, um, you know, a graduate, a, a prospective student be, is, a, is a potential customer. But the moment they become a customer, they become your product. And then when they become your product, you, you use that product to further perpetuate your positioning and your, your sales efforts. That's an oddity in the education um, field. It's quite different from many other areas of, of business. Do you want to expand on that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. No. It, it is. It's. It, it's. To me, it's one of the charming and I don't know the, one of the coolest parts of this whole sector is that we're we're really in the labor force development business, right? That's ultimately and ultimately our customers and all of this are the employers, so they don't pay us, but they they give us the credibility and the you know, the outcomes we need for a graduate to be successful, which drives, of course, enrollment, drives um, success in meeting regulatory obligations, etc. And so when you kind of build your business around the idea that, hey, we're serving the employers, ultimately. That's, that's who we're serving. And the student, you know, is paying us to essentially be a product, right? We're going to take them and we're going to turn them from kind of semi-useless to really useful to somebody. And as a result, we're going to serve their employers and we're also going to serve their career needs. It changes your mindset a little bit around um, how you deliver and when the things that you want the, to teach them, etc. Like, i give you an example. I forget the exact things on the study, but m- many of the skills, the hard skills people learn these days are not used in their work. Like this is true. This is sort of across the board for career schools. I, I think I heard this at a conference about a month ago. Something like thirty percent of the hard skills you lose, you you are actually going to use in your job. And so, the the technical like how to hold the scissors, how to do the style stuff is important, but it's not the whole picture, right? And and the thing that is really important is the. I can show up on time. I have a positive attitude. I know how to set goals for myself. I know how to build a business. I know how to think about the needs of my employer and not just be self-centered and understand that if I help them succeed, I'm going to be more successful. Like all that stuff is the the things that we're we're trying to impart into our graduates. It's all part of our product. And when you spit out really successful, awesome graduates, the employers notice and they refer people back to you the the grads are naturally more attractive and they attract people that want to be like them and so that spits referrals back to you you gain a reputation in the market as being an awesome place to go to school which sends students back to you and you win on all fronts so it's like an ecosystem um really and it all so really what we're saying here folks is that uh, you can make a small little um change or improvement to your product offering and what we're trying to share with you is it can giving you examples that it can spin out all over the place in a very positive manner um as a final note is like when if you're offering quarterly continuing education programs much like community colleges do uh if you're sitting in the admissions chair wouldn't it be cool to say I'm going to give you a great education uh, as per 
national standards. And as a bonus, I'm going to give you access to our free quarterly webinars uh, to keep you updated on current um, trends in the industry for five years, and that's going to be free. So your education is not 10 months. Your education is five years, and the last four years is totally optional, and uh, it's just our little gift to you to stay engaged with us, or blah, 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 right? And so it, all these little tiny things spin out in many little ways like a, a really beautiful organic garden. Maybe not an organic garden. Very poetic. That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. So now listen, it's, uh, we want to be respectful of everybody's time, and it is almost, um, uh, our 30 minutes is almost up. So, uh, Rich, on behalf of Colin, do you have any final thing to mention to folks? Um, I know you're going to be at the AACS uh, Management Conference, as we are. Um, any, any final words on this topic? Yeah, just, just real quick, the way I always explain it to schools and what we do is, is we tell them if you put the right structure in place, it will lead to the right statistics, numbers, measurable numbers. Your students can measure their product sales, their retail sales, et cetera, and that leads to satisfaction. So it's structure, statistics, leads to satisfactions. It's really simple formula, and like you said, it, ha- it can have, it's like a ripple in a pond. Um, it can have dramatic effects overall in your business if you just pay attention to those details. So, uh, Shane, uh, what Richard speaks to is, is how we've anchored our business, and that is in, uh, is in uh, Kaizen Lean Management. Mm-hmm. So, you want to expand on that? You have the final word here. Um, I guess I, I just want to say that the, the, often the most overlooked part of marketing or building a school is product. And our, our view, and I think the, the accepted view of it, is product's really the center of all marketing. It's the starting point. And if you don't have something really exceptional to sell, then you've created you've created a very difficult situation for yourself. And Greg, when I look at our business and nuts and bolts, I think you guys will probably have the same experience as us. I've found the easiest way for us to win business and be successful is just to offer a better product. Just offer something that no one else offers in a way that's better than what they do, and it makes selling really easy. And and Shane, it doesn't have to be the offering doesn't have to be wildly better than the competition. It can be uh, just one or two percent better. Yeah, a because better. in a in a competition, the difference between the gold medal and the second and the silver medal, people don't remember who the silver medalist is. Yet that's in a like a hundred meter race at the Olympics, that um, silver medalist might have lost out by two one hundredths of a second. Um, the point being is that, you know, the, the difference between, um, uh, you know... History and being forgotten is fractions. Fractions. So let's make, folks on the call, let's make an extra effort to start exploring internally how we can improve um, the quality of our offering in a fractional way. Now... What we're going to be doing is at the AACS Management Conference, I know that um, Rich is going to be giving a talk, I believe, and I know, Shane, you're going to be setting up as uh, an expert. You can do some expert interviews with people who have questions. And I know that both Nuts and Bolts and Enrollment Resources have booths at the conference as well. So you guys are all, all three of you guys are going to be kind of floating around. And uh, I know, Shane, you're going to be offering free beer to people. Uh, <laughs> 
That's right, the free beer tents. Exactly. So, uh, folks, uh, what we're going to do now is stop the official portion of this talk. And if anybody has any um, qualifying questions...